Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining me today on another edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. I want to bring this podcast to you today to explain the why behind the podcast and why intentional encouragement is so needed in our world today. And I'm going to leave you several things to keep in mind, and I'd love to hear feedback from you, love to hear what you have to say. You can send me an email at the Intentional Encourager podcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at the Intentional Encourager podcast. So why intentional encouragement? I feel that intentional encouragement is more valuable today than it's ever been. With our world facing unusual times in our society, in our healthcare system, in our economy, now is a tremendous time to really give others that intentional encouragement. We all need intentional encouragement. We all want somebody to come to us and say, hey, I've been thinking about you and here's why. Praying for you. I've been thinking about you a little bit more than normal and just wanted to give you some intentional encouragement. This world today, we find little to no intentional encouragement in a lot of places. So let's dive into the whys behind intentional encouragement. The first why is our world gets bombarded with negative news from the media and social media that tend to tear down rather than build up. You know, the news media loves to report a lot of negative news. It seems that they thrive in reporting negative news. You just don't see a lot of good news reported on the major news networks when you watch a program that they have. Sure, they'll have a lot of opinion and they'll have people in certain programs that will give you opinions on different topics of the day, but it doesn't seem to be positive as a whole. You know, there are a lot of great things happening in our country right now in the midst of a lot of terrible things in our country that are happening right now. But how many do you hear? You don't hear as many people recovering from the coronavirus as you do the total number of dead from the coronavirus. It seems that the news media just wants to tell you how many new cases there are every day and how many people died. They don't want to tell you how many people got better. And chances are the people that got better far outnumber the people that died. It's important to remember those that died. It's important to keep those people in mind. Every life is precious. But to continue to bombard us daily with all the negative news is not good for this country. It's not good for the morale of its people. When so many people are frightened about the possibility of losing their job, or maybe some have already lost their jobs, or they're just afraid of how the economy is going to be, maybe they feel like that we aren't going to recover from this. Why, if you're the news media, would you continue to spread fear and panic and doubt and uncertainty? Why wouldn't you tell people, look, it's going to be okay? I'll tell you why. Because fear keeps people glued to the television sets. If people know that things are going to be okay and they know that we are going to get through this, why would they watch the news media outlets? It's why the news media tends to, if you watch the press conferences that they hold with President Trump, they never ask him positively based questions. And they want to talk to him and they want to say, well, why don't you give the American people something positive? And then when he tries to do that, they attack him and assail him on every front. This is 
is why we need intentional encouragement and it needs to start at the top. It needs to start with the news media and filter all the way down through our society. I believe if that will happen, the morale of our society will change overnight. That's why it's critical that you reach out to those that you know. It's important that we reach out to people with a text or a word of encouragement and say, everything's going to be okay. You may not be able to go to church. You may not be able to go out to a restaurant like you want to. You may not be able to do some of the things that you've done or visit loved ones that might be shut in in a nursing home, but we will be okay. We will get through this. We will overcome. Americans have always had that ability to do so, and that's why we need intentional encouragement now more than ever. The second reason that we need intentional encouragement is that we've lost our ability as a society to encourage one another. The first instinct that we have when we see a post on social media or we see a story about the coronavirus or we see a story about someone doing good, there must be some kind of ulterior motive behind it. My friend Jason Romano was telling me in a recent conversation that he saw a picture of a lady that had a whole buggy or a whole basket full of toilet paper and people were just shaming her on social media and his point to me was why can't we see the good there instead of ultimately going to the bad maybe that lady was trying to help neighbors of hers that she knew that couldn't get to the grocery store maybe she was going to donate it to a food bank that also supplies some of those needs maybe she was going to donate it to her local mission maybe she was going to do something else with it other than hoard it but the first reaction was to judge to shame to criticize I've been guilty of that myself I think if we held a mirror up in front of us we all would be guilty to some degree there's no way around it you can't say and I can't say that I've never criticized or shamed someone when I didn't know the whole backstory and this is what happens to us as a society when we forget to encourage or when we put encouragement on the back burner it does the opposite effect. It immediately puts us in a position where we will criticize first. Body shaming on social media is a hot topic right now. People are afraid to show themselves. Maybe they've worked out or something like that. And again, I don't believe you should be taking pictures with your shirt off or ladies. I don't think you should be taking a lot of bikini pictures. That's not for everybody to see. Yes, I believe in modesty. I believe those pictures should not be shown for everybody else. I don't think you take your shirt off in public. That's just me. I'm old-fashioned. Besides, you would not want to see me without a shirt on. It's not a pretty sight. Trust me. But we have gone to the point of body shaming. We've gone to the point of shaming other people instead of encouraging other people. When somebody loses weight, they automatically say, well, maybe if it's a woman, well, maybe she's anorexic. Maybe she's doing some things. Maybe she's photoshopped herself. Instead of saying, congratulations, great job. How did you do it? Man, I'm so proud of you. I am so happy for you. We want to shame and criticize before we want to encourage because that's what society is conditioned to do. We use social media and we say, oh, social media is such a great platform. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Boy, these are such great mediums. But when you look at the bulk of what's being posted on social media, it's attack. It's criticize. 
It's tear down. It's you can't have an opinion because your opinion offends my opinion and I'm going to cancel you out. By the way, this cancel culture that we find ourselves in is the ultimate critical platform. If you disagree with someone or you have a conservative viewpoint, it seems as though others that have the opposite viewpoint want to cancel you and say, well, you're a homophobe, you're a racist, you're mean, you're nasty, you're terrible. Just because you have a differing opinion, why can't we come together and find middle ground? People have asked me for a long time, especially in religious debates. They say to me, how do you have religious discussions with people that don't believe the same way you do doctrinally? And I say, we find areas of middle ground. I'm very much a middle ground guy. I think in our world, we should find that middle ground. I'm not always going to agree with everybody, but I can do it respectfully. I can do it to a point to say, I I appreciate your opinion. I don't agree with it, but I appreciate it. You have the right in this country to express your opinion however you want to. You don't have the right, though, to do it nasty and tearing the other person down in the process. Why can't when we have differing opinions just say, I don't agree with your opinion and I appreciate where you're coming from. I understand that you may feel a certain way, but I just don't agree with that. And sometimes you're going to agree to disagree. What's wrong with that. But in our society, we have to shame, criticize, and judge before we ever want to attack that middle ground. You and I will have a lot more ability to intentionally encourage when we put aside our criticism and focus on common ground. The third reason that we should intentionally encourage is encouragement lifts, strengthens, and builds up the other person or people as a whole. When you lift someone up and you lift their spirit, you give them a great gift that is typically very hard for them to give to themselves. Often encouraging ourselves can be very hard to do when we don't know what lies ahead, when we don't know what the economy is going to do, we don't know what the next day is going to bring, maybe even the next hour, or the next two or three, four, five, six hours are going to bring. It's very hard to encourage yourself. I find one place in the Bible where King David encouraged himself in the Lord. But having gone through life a lot of times and being involved in ministry and serving the Lord as long as I have, those times of self-encouragement can be very hard when you're going through a personal struggle. You need the encouragement of others. You need the encouragement of your family. You need the encouragement of your friends. You need the encouragement of those around you that can help you and say to you, hey, it's going to be okay. And when you offer intentional encouragement, you you are telling that person, I care enough about you that I want to see you come through this and come through this on the other side. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're going to get through it. And when you intentionally encourage from a place that you have been yourself and you know firsthand because walking that road, you know what that looks like. You give someone an incredible gift and you can say, I've been there. This is what happened to me. And this is how I got through it. I see similarities in our stories, and I know if you'll just stay the course that everything's going to be okay. The first time that I was able to intentionally encourage someone after my dad died was a friend of mine that lost his dad very suddenly, and he had been through that, and I'd forgotten about that, but I said, you know, this is what you're going to go through, and this is how you're going to get through it, and 
you know, people are going to do this or that. And it helped him to some degree. The second time I was able to help a friend of mine that had gone through it, he had a similar tragedy as a previous friend that I had mentioned. But I told him, I said, hey, it's different now because you went through that as a young man. And now as an adult, you're going to have different feelings and different emotions and different circumstances that you're going to go through. Because to a large degree, parents tend to shelter their children from a lot of the feelings and things, the real heavy stuff that children go through. I know I tried to do that when my dad died with my son, who was 12 at the time. Had he been 19 or 20, he could have processed that a little differently. But because he was 12 at the time, I tried to shield him from a lot of those things that he would be able to handle now as an adult that he couldn't handle as an adolescent. And going through hard things, going through trials and tribulations and things like that, we come from a place of experience and the encouragement that we can provide can be so much more powerful because we've gone through those situations and we've come out on the other side. But someone that has never walked that road before, they don't understand what's going to happen. They don't understand how life is going to be different. They can barely get their head up off the pillow in some cases. It's hard for them to put one foot in front of the other. But when you can give them that encouragement and say, hey, this is what happened to me. I know exactly what you're going through. Then you're able to encourage. There was a young man in our church who lost his father very suddenly. And about two or three months after his dad passed, I noticed in our service that he was just feeling really heavy. You could just see it on his face, the grief that was surrounding him in that moment. And I just went up and just talked to him in his ear where it was just he and I that could hear what I was saying. And I just told him, I said, I've been through this. I know exactly what you're feeling. And I could see him nod his head as I was talking to him. And I said, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. And it's been a few years for him now. And I think that encouragement has helped him. It lifts people. It strengthens people and builds up other people. When you tell somebody in leadership, if you're in leadership and you tell somebody you've done a great job, I value what you bring to this company. I value what you bring to our team. You make people feel 10 feet tall. That's what intentional encouragement does in the lives of other people. Another reason to intentionally encourage is is when we encourage, it comes back to us when we need it the most. I've mentioned hard times. I've mentioned the death of a loved one. I mentioned other circumstances that can happen that would be reasons for us to encourage other people. We are not immune to those same things happening to us at any time, any place, and any space in our life. We could be riding high on top of a mountain, everything going beautifully, and one catastrophic event can bring all that crashing down. And what we've given an encouragement can come back to us and be reciprocated to us at that precise right moment. There's a law of reaping and sowing. It's a farming or a planting metaphor. So basically, if you've ever planted a garden, and my wife's grandfather used to plant a garden every year, if he sowed corn seeds, or if he sowed tomato seeds, or cucumber seeds, or squash seeds, he could expect to reap those same seeds. No one ever plants a tomato seed and gets green beans in return. If you want tomatoes, you intentionally 
plant tomato seeds. If you want squash, you intentionally plant squash seeds. What you get in the harvest is not a surprise because you say, I planted this, I expected to get this. Now the harvest could be great or it could be not so great. Every harvest is not equal. Some years you're going to reap a lot and some years not so much, but you continue to plant. It's the same thing with encouragement. You continue to plant and plant and plant and plant and plant and you will reap that harvest of encouragement back when you absolutely need it the most. It never fails in life. Reaping and sowing, especially in encouragement, are always in play. I can send out five or six or ten texts or phone calls of encouragement and get one or two back. It's okay because I am intentionally encouraged. I don't expect to get a bunch back. But when I went through the situation when I lost my dad, my phone absolutely blew up. There were people that were calling me that I hadn't heard from in forever and they said, hey, I just wanted you to know I was thinking about you and your family and I am so sorry to hear about your dad. I had been planting those seeds of encouragement for years, but when I needed them the most in the most horrific time of my life and the worst of situations, those intentional encouragement seeds came back to harvest in my life. It was a beautiful thing and so I believe in intentional encouragement and continuing to sow that intentional encouragement. Because if we don't sow those seeds of intentional encouragement, how can we expect them to come back to us when we absolutely need them in the worst times of our life? Intentional encouragement is that harvest that will continue to reap over and over and over again. When we sow over and over and over again. That's why I believe with all my heart in intentional encouragement and will absolutely encourage until the day I die. That's how strongly I believe that it becomes a fiber and a very part of our being that should shape us to the very core of our souls. And lastly, intentional encouragement gives us specific hope to specific people to help them through specific situations. I believe in being specific. I'm the kind of person that when I send you a text, I don't abbreviate the letter U. I spell out Y-O-U. I want to be specific when I send a text to someone that I'm trying to encourage. Dale Carnegie used to say, the sweetest sound to a person's ears is the sound of their own name. That's why I use people's names in texts and I'll say, for instance, Jason, comma, hey, it's Brian. Just thinking about you today, I wanted to tell you that I believe in your situation everything's going to be okay. If you need to talk to me, let me know. I'm praying for you. I want to tell them specifically what I'm going to do to encourage, and I'll offer next steps by saying, hey, I'll check in with you next week, or I'll text you in a couple of weeks and just check in with you. That encouragement goes a long way. That lets that person know, Brian's thinking about me, and here's what he said he was going to do. And by the way, if you tell someone specifically what you're going to do in following up with them, write it down. Make yourself a note in your calendar or your phone or your planner and say, follow up with Jason in two weeks and send a text of encouragement. And that way you are who you say you are. Many people a lot of times, and this has been a pet peeve of mine, as I have encountered people, they'll say to me, hey Brian, I'm praying for you. As a, I want to make you feel better in the moment 
kind of situation. If you tell someone you're going to do something like that, say I'm praying for you or I'm thinking about you or I'm going to write something on your behalf or I'm going to do this or do that, follow through. Because that person may be counting on that piece of encouragement or that something that you told them that you would do for them and not following through could be very detrimental to the relationship that you want to cultivate and foster and grow in some cases. Or it could be a long-term relationship that you value a great deal. One thing I had to learn to do very early in my marriage with my wife was to do what I said I was going to do. I would tell my wife, yeah, I'll take the trash out or yeah, I'll do this or I'll do that. And then an hour later, I was still sitting in the same spot. She said, well, you told me you would take the trash out. You told me you would do this or do that. I've started reacting. If she asked me to do something, I do it pretty quickly because I don't want to go against my word, even to my wife. That destroys trust in relationships. That destroys trust in marriages. That destroys trust in other people. Leaders build trust by consistently following through on what they say that we're going to do. Companies build customer loyalty by continuing to do what they say they were going to do. If you tell someone specifically you're going to do something in the way of encouragement, make sure you do that and be specific with the next piece of encouragement as specifically as you were with the initial piece of encouragement. You are going to build so much credibility. You're going to build so much confidence. You're going to build so much trust by just simply doing what you said you were going to do. We all can do better at that in life. If we all were more consistent in every situation, situations would work out more consistently for us time and time again. You're going to notice throughout these series of stories that will resonate with you, stories that will make you laugh, make you cry, make you think. And there may be some of these stories that don't resonate with you at all. And you know what? That's okay. But I want to bring to you people that have great stories and offer you one piece of encouragement. As you listen to this podcast, if you get one piece of intentional encouragement every time that we air a podcast, it's totally worth it. So I would just ask you for two things. One, sit back and enjoy the ride. These are going to be phenomenal conversations that you hear. I can't wait for you to meet these people. Some of these people that you know, maybe from LinkedIn or from Twitter or from other platforms out there, and some will be veritable unknowns, but their stories will capture your attention. They will make you think, and you will say at the end of their story, I'm encouraged. At least that's my hope. And so today, thank you for tuning in. I wanted to just give you my why. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brian. And Sexton 13. Also follow the Intentional Encourager podcast on Twitter. Find me on LinkedIn under Brian Sexton. And also send us email to the Intentional Encourager podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining me today. And I am so looking forward to taking this journey with you and bringing you inspiring stories from inspirational people. So until next time, this is Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, at any place can be an intentional encourager. So long, everybody.